Welcome to the first episode of Here Am Out. Out. I'm your host, Elijah Mendez. Many of you know me as Eli. A couple of you guys might know me as the Prophet. Um, and yes, this is indeed my first podcast. Exciting day, exciting time. I've been looking forward to this for a very long time. And for many of you guys, you know, whether it be one, two, five, ten, hundred listeners, whatever it may be, I appreciate you guys tuning in to begin this journey with me, to be part of something that I'm really passionate about, something that I've been wanting to do for a very, very long time. And now that I get the opportunity to do it, it's just honestly amazing. Um... You know, just to start off, introducing myself, like I said, I'm Elijah. Um, what this podcast will be about, sports, what's going on in the sports world right now. Basketball's on, baseball's about to get on as well. Uh, baseball, basketball, football, the main things will be discussed. Uh, wrestling will be discussed as well because that is something that is going on, something I do have some passion for as well. I will be trying to make it podcast every week, hopefully by Sunday of every week. I'm recording this uh, from my apartment here on my desk side, uh, but definitely, you know, ready to make a dream come true. What I like to do is just start off with some simple things, some words of wisdom, how I normally love to start this podcast off with. Just to get things rolling uh, and inspire a lot of other people, people that are listening to this right now. Uh, just to keep going for your dream. Don't give up. We have so much accessibility, so many different things nowadays that you really shouldn't you know, hinder yourself because of anything. We have so much access to everything that we, our parents didn't really have access to, or grandparents, nothing like that. So we have to be extremely grateful of what we have access to. So this quote I have here is from uh, infamous Lou Holtz. He states, your talent determines what you can do. Your motivation determines how much you are willing to do. And your attitude determines how well you do it. Pretty much just to sum it all up here. Your talent is what you believe you're best at, what you're strong at. And it's all going to be determined on what you can do. Your motivations, how much you want to do that thing. And then your attitude is how you're going to feel towards it. How are you going to approach the situation and get it done? So, yeah, just some very quick words of wisdom. Uh, but, okay, I just want to start off by stating, you know, like I said, I'm extremely grateful, extremely happy to be doing this. And uh, let's get it rolling. Uh, just some of the things we're going to be talking about. Uh, just talking about how spring trading is starting off since I don't really have a lot of notes on that. About what's going on with the Mets, Yankees, uh, spring training is about to start up. Look a little bit on the Mets roster. They've made some changes. Got a whole new older Steve Cohen. Seems like he's going to be bringing some uh, some flair and more of a happier mood for these Mets fans. Me, myself, uh, Giants, Yankees, Knicks fan, pretty much. Grew up like that, and you kind of get like any atypical person pretty much kind of 
root for who you grew up rooting for, whether it be father, uncle, cousins, whoever it may be, friends, you tend to uh, follow along that path. And my father as well, shout out to him. Uh, you know, was watching this, watching baseball, watching football. I didn't watch basketball as much, but I got into that myself. And he's been a Nick fan here and there. My uncle was a huge Nick fan. Um, but like I said, baseball will be first topic. Then we'll get into some Nets and Knicks news. Look a little bit around the NBA in total. And I want to get on to, uh, you know, what was the calm fit of the week, I like to call it. Fit that, whether it be, because basketball is mainly on right now. Basketball player add-on, baseball player, football player, whatever. Whatever they came into the field the court in. Um, just want to shout them out and see, you know, the appreciation to style. Because all this encapsulates into one, really, when it comes to uh, music, fashion, and sports. They're all in, under one entity, and I feel like they connect so much, which is why I feel like this podcast will work so much. And like I stated, it's a music, sports, fashion podcast. We'll go on some fashion trends that we look out for spring, summer, 2021. Uh, the color brim debate, which is a debate regarding... The color brims that we're seeing now is a trend. Uh, just talk about sneakers as well, about what's going on with Kanye. Lastly, want to just get into, um, you know, is mumble rap a thing of the past? Are we seeing a new trend when it comes to hip-hop music nowadays? And just give out a closing statement after that. But yeah, so uh, again, I appreciate you guys listening in. And uh, let's get straight to it. So as regards to uh, baseball, spring training 2021 is starting up pretty soon. Pitchers and catchers reported out to their stations of where they're uh, training at. Uh, for the Yankees, I believe that they are in Florida. I have to look up where exactly they are. Uh, but as you guys know... Uh, for the Yankees, they didn't have their season go as it started in 2020. I don't think anybody really had their year go as well as they wanted to, obviously, with the whole uh, coronavirus, COVID-19 pandemic going on. Uh, but the Yankees had big things once they signed Jericho last year to that huge contract. They were looking to make to the World Series and win a World Series. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, they got stopped short. Tampa Bay Rays who are, I would consider, the complete opposite of the Yankees, to be honest. Yankees are a pretty big franchise who tend to throw money at superstars to get their championships, and clearly it's been working since they have 27 championships. Um, but the Rays, during that series, they, you know, they outsmarted the Yankees, I feel like. Uh, questionable of what actually occurred in... Um, that uh, game, what was it, game three, in which uh, they were started Davey Garcia for inning and then threw in J.A. Happ, and it it was all a mess. Um, And that kind of flipped the whole series around as Tampa Bay was able to win the whole series overall. Um, But, yeah, so the Yankees are coming into 2021 um, with a whole new outlook. Again, their their situation doesn't really change when it comes to what they're striving for. Uh, they're looking to get that World Series ring. Um, 
Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of the teams that were in the competition for the World Series do look like they did get a little better themselves. So, again, this season, it's not going to be an easy road for the Yankees to get there. Um, they had some additions that are pretty big additions, uh, especially to the pitcher staff, which they needed uh, severely, as we learned from what happened in the playoffs. Um, the biggest thing they did was sign back DJ LeMahieu, who was their hitting machine or as like they called uh, by Matt Vasgersian, La Machina, meaning the machine in Spanish. This guy was a hitting machine. Literally hit the ball all over the place. Whenever you needed a hit, DJ who was the person to go to. I mean, he was amazing for the Yankees last year, and I don't who knows where they would have been without him. Uh, so they signed him back, which was a big uh, re-signing for the Yankees. Uh, because he plays all over the field for them, can play pretty much every position in the infield, first, second, short, third. Um, you know, if only he can play catcher as well, but it don't work out like that. Uh, maybe he can, we'll see. But yes, bringing him back was a big thing for the, for the Yankees. Um, as well, they brought in Corey Kluber, who's pretty much all injured last year, was a Cy Young Award winner for the Cleveland Indians. Uh, so they brought him back in. Uh, let's see what he's able to bring to the Yankees. I mean, he was a Cy Young pitcher, but he has had a lot of arm injuries, which makes it a you know question if he's able to bring back that flair that he had a couple years back. So we'll see what happens with him as well. They did make a trade with the Pittsburgh Pirates, and they did get an interesting young pitcher in Jameson Talon. I believe his name is pronounced. Uh, again, very promising pitcher. Um, just it's been dealing with injuries. Uh, but if there's one team that can, you know, turn it around for them, it's the Yankees. They do a pretty good job with that, with um, getting people that are pretty much projects that teams are willing to just give up and turn them into serviceable well, all-around baseball players. It's happened multiple times for the Yankees when it came to uh, Gio Urcella, uh, as well as what happened with um, uh, Mike Talkman. You know, these are players that played big roles for the Yankees in the past couple of years. Um, look, look at Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt broke out last year, one of the top first basemen in all the league. And, you know, you got to give it to Brian Cashman and the scouting team for finding dudes like this and having them benefit the team in so many different ways. It's honestly great. Um, but, yeah, so the Yankees definitely have themselves a pretty big expectation for themselves. I mean, they're getting Severino back as well. Let's not forget about that. They might get Domingo Herman back. Uh, he's going through some legal issues, so who knows with that. But, you know, they they have what it takes to get there. But, again, are they are the bats able to answer the question? And is the pitching able to hold up long enough? And does Aaron Boone have enough people in his bullpen to rely on to take him through these playoff games? Because, as we know, once it comes to the playoffs, the leash gets shorter and shorter. He could be your best pitcher. Um, once he gets into a little bit of trouble, it's a tough decision for a coach to be like, should we pull him or should we let him fight through this? And obviously every pitcher during the playoffs does not want to get taken out the game. 
but it happens. I mean, when it happened for the Yankees, it's questionable if Aaron Boo made the right right decisions in there, and there was questions as to if he actually made those decisions or was it Cashman or was it higher-ups? Who knows? That would be something that would be left to be seen. Regardless, champions of baseball last year was the L.A. Dodgers, who in themselves got even better with Trevor Bauer, which is crazy and amazing. The Dodgers are going to be a force again. Uh, they're looking to go back-to-back. It's going to be extremely tough, but, you know, the NL has themselves some really good teams. Um, let's not sleep on the Braves as well. And, you know, the other New York team, New York Mets, who had themselves a pretty good offseason as well. Their big offseason pickup, Francisco Lindor. Francisco Lindor was a great all-around player for the Cleveland Indians. Uh, and that was one of the biggest moves that Steve Cohen made this offseason, getting him. A solid, reliable bat, a solid, reliable infielder who make an amazing plays, you know, um, behind the back, slides, diving catches, you know, using the vertical to make a catch. You know, he's an amazing uh, baseball player, and the Mets got themselves a pretty good gem when it came to that. Uh, they also signed catcher James McCann, um, who's also going to solve because he had about I don't, I got to look it up exactly, but he had himself a great stat line last year as well. And, you know, the Mets, the Mets got to have some pretty good expectations going into the season. They have a chance to win the NL East, which will be big for them. Uh, they got to take this step by step. Um, obviously, you know, they want to get as far as possible. Um, and, you know, just try to. Fasten up this uh, rebuild that they've had to, um, you know, get to where they want to go. They want to compete with the Yankees. They, they're tired of being the stomping ground to the New York Yankees. And they might not say that outright right now. But you know Steve Cohen, who's a longtime Mets fan, came in here with all the motivation to get the Mets to become eventually the team of New York. And that would be the main topic of, the, of today's podcast as well, as we get into the, the Knicks and the Nets, this battle of being the superior team in New York. New York is known for having multiple teams in each uh, sports league. So New York is a big city. You know, it's it's definitely got some um, strong animosity when it comes to your, your team of choosing, whether it be the Mets, Yankees, Rangers, Islanders, uh, Nets, Knicks, Giants, Jets, even though both the Giants and Jets are in Jersey, but it's New York Giants, New York Jets, not New Jersey Jets and New Jersey Giants. Just has a better ring to it, you know? <laughs> but, you know, it's gonna, it's a, it's gonna be very interesting for the Mets. Let's see, you know, how all these pieces work. They, they're, honestly, they also had themselves a pretty good roster in itself. Um, Jacob DeGrom, again. Two-time Cy Young Award winner, um, shutdown pitcher, probably if not the best, one of the top three best pitchers in the game right now. I mean, he's he's amazing. I, I mean, this he's shut down, guaranteed, gives you at least six innings. Um, you know, of shutdown baseball, seven strikeouts, a couple hits. You know, nothing crazy. Maybe one, two earned runs, but 
man's when it comes to like we called Lamehu La Mahina for um Lamehu when it comes to hitting, this guy is a machine when it comes to pitching. You know, he's very rare that he has an off off start. But the the guy is really good. Um as well, you know, they obviously still got Pete Alonso, even though he had a down year last year. He's looking to set it up. This guy was a beast his rookie year, hitting over 50 home runs. You know, he's got himself a big year coming up as well. Let's see if he can step it up. I mean, you obviously got Jeff McNeil, who's uh, played really well for them as well at third base. Uh, you got Conforto, who's still there at left. You got Brandon Nimmo, right field there. You know, they, they got a lot of uh, good pieces that could, uh, you know, this team could definitely be a playoff team for sure. Um, obviously they're still going to have to compete with the Phillies and the, uh, Nationals, you know, the Nationals just won the World Series two years ago and everyone completely forgot about them, but they still have a pretty good roster in themselves. Um, but yeah, don't sleep on the Mets, man. Uh, they got, they got a really good team. They signed Yamoto, they signed, uh, Walker, they re-signed Stroman. Watch out for the Mets, man. They, they're really coming for the Yankees as a Yankee fan. You know, I am worried about the Mets. I feel like they can be uh, a big force for New York in the next couple of years. And probably 10, they're trying to do a 10, 15 years down the line. So let's see what happens with that. But I can definitely see them doing really well for years to come. But that's all I have on baseball right now. Um, you know, baseball hasn't officially started yet. Uh Spring training is starting pretty soon, but the main sport on right now that's catching my attention is obviously the basketball season. Very different basketball season because it's the season without fans. Um, well, let me reiterate. Let me say this in a different way. I mean, there are um, stadiums that are allowing fans, uh, just not packed stadiums like we had uh, before the bubble last year. Uh, as we know, uh, if you didn't know, the 23rd, uh, the Knicks and Nets will be allowing fans into Madison Square Garden and the Barclays Center for the first time. Uh, about 2,000 fans on average are able to come to the games. And I I remember reading up that the Knicks tickets actually got sold out in about a half hour for uh, both games that they were scheduled. The first two home games uh, that were scheduled with fans. Uh, so it'd be nice to see a sense of normalcy uh, come along. It's you know we're seeing that with the restaurants; they're starting to open up. About uh, you know what, what are we like thirty three percent now? I mean I don't know how much of a difference between twenty five and thirty three percent is. Maybe that's one more table of four people, but yeah, we're starting to see a little bit more of a normalcy. I don't know if it will go exactly to how it was back before COVID, but. You know, we get a little sense of normalcy when it comes to that. But yeah, as you guys know, the Nets, Brooklyn Nets, have this pretty much all-star team of James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. Three of the biggest personalities we've seen over the past couple years in the NBA on one team. And the question comes up all the time, let's be honest. Um, ever since the Celtics really started it with their big three, 
when uh, Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen joined Paul Pierce, the question of are these personalities going to mess together and come together to work as a whole team? And uh, so far, so good for the Nets, to be honest. I mean, you know, KD's had a little bit of lingering injuries. Kyrie's been out a couple games. And, you know, Harden's been the, I guess, the iron horse in this situation. He's played pretty much every single game since uh, becoming a Net. Um, But they've been doing pretty well. Um, You know, obviously they have high expectations for their season. Uh, They're going for a championship. They're looking to win the whole East. Um, obviously, when you combine those three players, you're you're going for a championship. And you know the Nets did give out give up a lot to get themselves James Harden. But in order to do that, you know you 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 might as well shoot for the stars and uh, aim for the moon, uh, just like our infamous Pop Smoke said. Uh, when it comes to a championship, uh, you know Brooklyn has their shooters. And Joe Harris, uh, Landry Shamit, when he's on, you know, those are shutdown shooters. Jeff Greenson had himself a good year so far. Now it's just a matter of just having all those pieces mesh and giving out some type of defensive effort because the Nets have been giving up so many points on defense. Um, I want to get the exact stat uh, just to make sure. I get this right here. Um, right now they are 19 and 12, I believe. Um, you know, Durant's averaging 29 points, seven rebounds, five assists. Kyrie's averaging 27, five rebounds, six assists. Harden's having himself an amazing year, averaging eight rebounds, 12 assists, and 24 points. I mean, it's crazy. These guys are putting up points, but it's a question of their defense. Their team defense has to improve, and, you know, obviously with more time together as a team on the court, they'll be able to mesh a little better, communicate a little bit more. Um, So that should help them with their defense. And I think, honestly, when the playoffs come around, uh, they'll turn it up another switch um, to hopefully, you know, be able to play decent enough defense to get themselves to the championship game. And, you know, we'll see what happens with that. Um, I'm looking at the stat right now to see. Their defensive rating right now is 114.7, which is about 26th out of 30. In the uh, NBA right now, but their offensive rating is 118.6, which is first out of 30. And last year, their defensive rating was actually ninth, and their offensive rating was about 22nd, just to put a little context into there. But uh, yeah, Steve Nash is a first-time coach. Uh, we knew him as an amazing basketball player, amazing point guard for the Suns, him and Amari Stoudemire, I actually remember that. Um, you know, they played very well together. And what a coincidence that uh, D'Antoni, who was the coach of the Suns at one point as well, him, Nash, and Stoudemire all together on this Nets team as coaches, which is really interesting. 
in a small world. I mean, you know people when you love working with people, you, you would want to work with them again, and why not take the opportunity to do that? So, yeah, the Nets, you know, they, they have high expectations. You expect them to do big things uh, when it comes to possibly bringing a championship to New York. We'll see. I mean, they're going to have a lot of obstacles in their way. Uh, the Bucks, obviously, you can never sleep on Giannis. I mean, the guy's a beast. They're a great defensive team with Budenholzer, sorry, at the uh, the captain of the ship over there. Um, they, they're a pretty good team themselves, and they, they just, you know, are never really able to get over that hump. But, you know, Giannis is signed long-term with them. So Giannis is committing to them long-term. They signed Drew Holiday. You know, they just got to get him healthy. I mean, sorry, he didn't sign him. They traded for him. They just got to get Drew Holiday healthy. You know, they still have Middleton. Uh, you know, Middleton proved that he can be an offensive force when need be. Um, so, you know, hopefully Giannis can get the help he needs during the playoffs to, you know, get them to the big game. But, again, we'll see. There's a lot of competition in this East. Don't sleep on the 76ers. Doc Rivers got these boys playing well. Ben Simmons is having his best season of his career, and so is Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is probably the front runner to be MVP. If him and Jokic are right there, neck and neck, who would think? Uh, everyone was throwing the center position away. I mean, the Rockets last year didn't play with a true center. Had P.J. Tucker starting at center? And now the two first place are potential First place MVP vote getters, I would say, is probably Embiid and Jokic. Obviously, LeBron's always going to be up there. Durant's going to get himself some votes. But those two have been playing well, man. They've been playing really well. Um, but, yeah, so let's see what happens with the Nets. I mean, I, you I can't forget about Boston as well with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who are offensive, defensive uh, beast, uh, you know, very few people that could guard either one of them when they're on, and it's just, you know, the rest of the team for Boston, uh, putting the right pieces around them, because you know you got two potential, you got two all-stars, you got, you got perennial stars in Tatum and Brown, they're still young, you know, they still have plenty of, uh, gas in the tank, so they can be going, they're going to be trouble for a long time coming, and eventually I feel like it will be the Celtics' time, it's just about finding the right pieces around them, questions whether they can get a center, uh, another big man, another person that they could rely on to score, uh, it seems like Kemba Walker's having himself a down year, he has been lighting it up recently, but, it, you know, he has been um, suffering injuries, uh, so it's made it a little bit we're not seeing the Kemba Walker we're used to, let's just say. Um, but don't sleep on him. He can, he like he said, he could catch fire at any point. But let's see what goes on uh, with Boston. I apologize. You know, I'm, if you hear me go quiet for a couple seconds, I do have myself Andy Collada right next to me. Uh, trying to enjoy that while... Also doing a podcast at the same time. Um, definitely highly recommended. Uh, went to uh, Sweet Science, which is a spot in Brooklyn. Um, where is that? Right by Montrose. Montrose Avenue. If you guys are in the Brooklyn area, definitely stop by. Make pretty good drinks. And the brunch looked pretty good. I never had their brunch, but 
looked like it was pretty popping in there, to be honest. Uh, definitely check them out. But, uh, yeah, so the East is, uh, is a beast in itself. There's a beast in the East, and the West ain't no joke either. Uh, but let's talk about the other New York team. The New York Knicks. Mr. Dolan's team, Mr. James Dolan, the highly questionable owner of the New York Knicks, who has been criticized for years upon years, ever since he bought that team. The Knicks haven't been relevant in years. Since the years of Carmelo Anthony. Um, but this team right here, this season, is playing very well. Tom Thibodeau got these boys playing hard. He's got these boys playing defense, which is something that we're not used to seeing as Knicks fans. Um, an actual team that's, you know, working hard on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Um, I, the Knicks offense isn't great. I think they might be 30th in offense and top three in defense, which is why, which calls for their record. Um, they're like middle of the road right now. Uh, but the Knicks, the, the outbreak of Julius Randle has been amazing. Averaging 23 points, almost 11 rebounds, 10.9 rebounds, and Almost six assists a game is just it's amazing. He's doing great. RJ's been playing well as well, averaging 17 and six and three assists. And then you got Quickly, who's been an outbreak for this team. You know, a rookie who everyone, when he got picked 25, everyone was just like, what are the Knicks doing again? They had the point guards, you know, that were available to them. They had the chance to pick and they, Chose this guy from Kentucky who they didn't really know a lot about. And this guy's been playing hard. Making big shots, big threes, hits the free throws. You know, like a guy that does that consistently on the Knicks is very rare. But I definitely think we found ourselves a player at 25. Honestly, it can be up for debate. But you could say, as of right now, quickly was the better pick than Obi Toppin. And we can't blame Obi because Obi's been hurt. Um, he also, obviously, with COVID-19, very tight in training camp. And it's hard for rookies to just come in and make an impact. I mean, we're seeing it with LaMelo Ball. Um, Anthony Edwards is doing a crazy dunk here and there. Uh, he's had a, a few wild ones pretty recently. But it's it's hard for rookies this time this time around. You know, you're pretty much jumping from not playing for months, uh, just pretty much training and doing pickups when you can because with COVID, who knows, you know, what the pickup game um, restrictions were, you know, people having to play with masks and all that, who knows. But, you know, to be in the actual NBA court with NBA players, experienced players at that, it's not easy for a rookie. Um but quickly is clearly putting his stamp on this Knicks team. And he's hit some big shots. And, you know, he it's just a whole different feel when he's on that court. Uh, when he comes in the game, it just, it, you feel like the team is just a complete flip of the switch. Uh, and this is no offense to Alfred Payton because he hasn't been playing terrible this year. But in my opinion, he shouldn't be the starting point guard of the New York Knicks. 
Um, I just don't like the uh, pass out to Alfred Payton for an open three, and he most of the time is bricking it off the rim, hitting not even close to the top of the iron of the basket. Like This guy's got um, very limited growth in him. Alfred Payton is who he is at this point of his career. So I wouldn't be starting him at point guard. So, you know, he's highly questionable. Everyone's been calling for quickly to start. Um, but I don't think Tom Thibodeau wants to ruin that bench mob right there. Of uh, Quickly, the not mentioned yet, Derrick Rose, who's had a huge impact on the Knicks so far. And his return to the Knicks after the trade, you got Alec Burks, you got Obi Toppin. And, you know, before Mitch got hurt, it was Nerlens Noel. Now it's Taj Gibson. But that second unit for the Knicks is playing really well. Um, I don't know, man. They just bring a whole different excitement where they're on that court. Uh, the first team seems, you know, kind of rather slow. I mean, seeing Julius Randle, it seems like every time he almost touches the ball, it's a bucket which is great to see. I mean, everyone was questioning Randall last year, wanting him to be traded. But now, as Knicks fans, we might have to go to the store and get a Julius Randall jersey. <coughs> oh, excuse me. <clears throat> yeah, because that man is playing really well. Um, He's killing it, having his best statistical season as a pro. And if it wasn't for him, I don't know where the Knicks would be at this point. Um, if we're just talking about their most recent game, the Knicks uh, have probably one of their worst losses of this season against the Magic. Like, literally that second half, it looked like they couldn't hit not one shot. Rose didn't hit anything quickly, wasn't hitting nothing. Randall's fire went out. Thibodeau decided not to play RJ and kept Alec Burks in and he wasn't doing well to the last couple minutes. He hit a couple back-to-back threes. But the Knicks weren't hitting anything in that second half, and they lost to the lowly Magic. Magic, I think, have the second-worst record in the league right now. And for the Knicks to be the playoff team, a playoff team, they need to win those games. Right now, they're 14-16, and 7th in the Eastern Conference. Um, but, like I said, they need to step it up, you know, you have to win those games against the lowly teams if you want to be a playoff team or a fighting playoff team. Uh, they It seems like they do come out with flare and fire when they face these big-name teams, a la the Clippers game, um, a la when they played the Nets. They never stopped um, trying to get back into that game. Uh, when they beat the Trailblazers, they, they've had some big wins. It's just consistency when it comes to this team. Like, they'll win three straight, and they can't win that fourth. They'll get blown out that fourth game, and they'll lose, like, two, three straight after that. It's it's like a roller coaster with this team right now. Um, but they are playing higher than expectations. Honestly, nobody thought that this team would be in the position they're at. Nobody anticipated the Knicks to be uh, seventh in the Eastern Conference 30 games in. I seriously doubt that. Uh, with this roster, but Tom Thibodeau is getting everything he can out of this team, and it's certainly benefiting. You you certainly see it in many different ways. Uh, they play again 
today at 7. I'm recording this podcast before uh, the game, but I, I very well might release the podcast during the game or after the game. Who knows? Uh, depending on how it's how it goes on, how my day, the rest of my day goes. But yeah, let's let's see what happens. They've had a couple days off uh, since their last game. Obviously, this Spurs game that was supposed to happen yesterday got postponed uh, due to COVID tracing and protocols. I believe there was about three Spurs players or uh, team members, you know, the whole coaching staff who were uh, tested positive or at least around people that were positive, which uh, postponed that game. The Knicks were one of the few teams that actually never haven't had one of their games postponed this whole year. Um, but, yeah, you're playing the um, Timberwolves tonight. I think the Timberwolves now still have the worst record in the league, but you can't sleep on Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, another. He's uh, he's having himself a pretty decent rookie season. He can explode at any point for about 20, 25 a game. You just never know with him. And, you know, Larissa Wells playing himself good, but he has himself a big challenge tonight with uh, Carl Anthony Towns. And, you know, let's see if the Knicks can uh, a few days off, got them recharged and ready to uh, – Take care of the Timberwolves and move on to the next game. But let's see what happens with them. Um, I just wanted to uh, move on as to um, a question as to, as of right now, who has the brighter future between the Knicks and the Nets? I guess this year, it can be a question that's raised because the Knicks are playing better than they have, which is great. But as of right now, in my opinion, I think it's the Nets without question because the Knicks are yet to produce a bona fide all-star on their team yet. Now, Julius Randle, don't get me wrong, is in competition for being an all-star this year. But will he get in? It's up to the coaches. So let's see. I think the guy is definitely deserving of being in the All-Star game. He's, he's If it wasn't for him, this Knicks team would not be where it's at. It would probably be towards the bottom of the standings uh, for sure. But when you've got a team of James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Joe Harris is still playing good. you got DeAndre Jordan. Uh, they need a few bench pieces. But that team, you know, that's a... You know that could that's gonna be a team that could fight for the championship for at least the next two to three years if all three of them stay healthy, and they all you know obviously come back and with pure motivation to get a championship. But all three of those players put the Nets at the top tier for at least the next three years. Let's see what happens after that, of course. But at least for the next three years. Uh, the Nets definitely have the brighter future. The Knicks are still looking for that uh, star player to come in. Uh, will it be Julius Randle? I mean, can he keep it consistent? Can he keep it throughout the whole year? Let's hope so. As a Knicks fan, let's hope so. Um, you know, you, you want RJ to make a bigger leap. Uh, you know, he is having a statistically better season than last year with the free throw shot, as well as his points per game is up a little bit. But, is you know, the past couple of games, Tom Thibodeau hasn't really put him in in the fourth quarter. And he's questioned about, you know, as to reasons to why. Obviously, probably he doesn't think he has 
a lot of effort or as much effort as he thinks he could be getting out of RJ. Uh, that's putting a willingness to put him in in the fourth quarter. He'd rather have Burks or Reggie Bullock in, it seems like. Um, but, you know, the Knicks still need to find that star player to push them over the brink. Um, don't get me wrong, they have pretty good pieces around them. You know quickly, you know Mitch, you know what they're going to give you. Um, you know, quickly gives you that spark off the bench. He can give you 20 off the bench, uh, get you a couple steals, couple of assists. Mitch, you know, he's a defensive anchor, lock down the paints, you know, get you your blocks, you know, make sure you get your rebounds. Um, you know, you got Randall, who's doing well as well. Obviously, leader in points, rebound, and assists for the Knicks right now. Um, there's questions about RJ, questions about OB. Uh, what they are fully going to bring to this team, uh, we're not too sure yet. Uh, for RJ, you're hoping that he can keep pushing forward, keep getting better. He needs to get that three-point shot back working as it was in the beginning of the season. If he can get that back up to where it was at in the beginning of the season, he'll be just fine. It's just a matter of him you know, putting in the work on the defensive end just as hard as he puts it on the offensive end. Um, and they just need another person. They need another player. Uh, like I said, I think the Nets have the brighter future. Um, but the Knicks, they still, they're still missing some pieces before they can consider themselves a for sure playoff team. Um, so they, they still, you know, they still need that. That I'm gonna get you a bucket on this possession. Like you can pretty much guarantee them getting a bucket. You know, there's player. There's very few players like that, and it's hard to find those players. But we saw some breakouts here, um, and there's they might be some available. Let's see, which leads us to our next question of what the um, Knicks should be doing at the deadline, what the Nets should be doing at the deadline. Uh, I think they have two different outlooks on it. Uh, you know, the Knicks are obviously still chasing that star that could be potentially on the trade deadline. I mean, the trade. <laughs> The rumor mill, uh, whether it be Brad Beal, whether it be Zach Levine, uh, or it's a tier below, whether it be Alonzo, Eric Bledsoe, um, who else? Maybe a Kuzma. I doubt Kuzma. They're going to have Kuzma available now for the Lakers. But, you know, someone below that tier to, you know, bring in someone who could be a reclamation project, uh, just like Josh Jackson was for the Pistons. You see, he's doing pretty well for that team. Um... But what I think the Knicks should be doing at the deadline, uh, to be honest, if the trade isn't out there, don't force it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if I'm putting all my chips in the ta- in the middle of the table for Victor Oladipo. Um, it's still questions if he's still that player that he was a couple years back before the injuries. Uh, when he was, I think he was all NBA that year. Um but there's still questions about him. Um, I'm not too sure if I would put all the chips into the table, meaning first rounders and potentially either of RJ, OB, quickly, Robinson, or Randall into a trade like that. I don't know if he's that player for them. Don't get me wrong. I think he can give them 20 and maybe four or five assists, a couple rebounds, and maybe a steal or two. But is that pushing you over the top? Is that going to make a player like Kawhi Leonard be like, you know what? 
The Knicks are interesting. I want to get on that team. And I'm saying Kawhi just because he's one of the few big name uh, potential free agents in the free agency to come for this year. Um, I don't know if he's that player. Um, I just don't know if the Knicks have enough to get a Brad Beal. Uh, there were reports of Worldwide West steering Brad Beal towards the Knicks behind the scenes. I mean, this came from Michael Kay, who's probably one of the biggest radio hosts in New York. Um, you know, people are questioning the credibility of that, but, you know, I'm pretty sure Michael Kay knows some people himself being in the career he's been in for so long. But let's see what happens with that. Brad Bill seems adamant that he doesn't want to get traded. So I'm not too sure where that's going to go. As well, you got to think about Zach Levine, another potential player that the Knicks could uh, go after. Again, there hasn't been any signs of the Bulls wanting to trade the man or him requesting a trade. Um, these are all rumors out there, uh, players that could be potentially available. These could come from execs. It could come from friends of GMs. Who knows um, with this type of stuff? I think what you do is get, if the offer seems right, go for it. Uh, like getting Derrick Rose for a second round pick and Dennis Smith Jr., that's that's a great trade. Um, because you got yourself that can help you in the now, someone who's willing to help out the the young ones on your team. I mean, you can't complain about how Derrick Rose has been playing for the Knicks, um, and it's been a pretty good trade for them. It's it's benefited them a lot because um, it definitely gives them that scoring burst off the bench, and the Knicks need scoring right now. They definitely need scoring. Um they're still, you know, close, if not last, close to last um, since, uh, you know, the start of the season. Um, but, you know, they have cap space, which is a good thing for the Knicks. Um, they have this cap space, I think over 15 mil in cap space that they can use. Uh, for a team that needs to shed some salary, make a benefit from getting a first-round pick from this. Uh, just pretty much making the amount in your bank a little bit more, if you know what I'm saying. Because you want to have as much assets as possible to have a team like the Wizards or the Bulls be interested in your package uh, to potentially get Zach Levine or Brad Beal, because um, those are perennial all-stars. Zach Levine's having a career year. You see him affecting both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. I mean, Brad Beal averaging upwards of 30 points a game, scoring machine. Someone, these two players are two players that maybe Kawhi Leonard would be like, you know what, the Knicks are an interesting team now. If you're able to keep RJ and... Mitch and quickly, you know, you if you can get a team of RJ, a point guard, RJ, uh, Kawhi, uh, uh, Brad Beal, Robinson, 
And then you got quickly off the bench. Maybe you sign back Rose. Who knows? If you have that, um, that's a interesting team right there. That can be something that could, you know, you're building off that. That gets you maybe second round at least, you know, competing with Philly or Milwaukee or Brooklyn or Boston, you know, that, that gets you in that area. But we can't dive too deep into the future. I mean, let's see what happens. But that's definitely um, something you would look to get into. Just keep stacking up your assets uh, to go for that trade if that trade isn't there yet. I mean, it's a potential that Carl Anthony Towns could request a trade tomorrow, and that'll be the biggest news. You never know. In the NBA, you never know. Um, yeah, but that's that's pretty much all I have as it regards to uh, the Nets and the Knicks. Uh, I want to steer a little towards uh, more of a different topic here. Um I want to do this as a segment in the show called uh, Comfort of the Week. Uh, pretty much going through baseball, basketball, football players, depending obviously what's in season right now. Um, seeing what they pull up to the uh, their games in, uh, whether it be um, Kyle Kuzma, Shai Gig, uh, Gilgis Alexander, uh, Tom Brady, Aaron Judge, you know. I, I, you know, I go through pictures, see who had the best fit, in my opinion, from the week. And, uh, you know, show a little shout out. And, you know, maybe can people can benefit from that. Maybe, uh, you know, because fashion affects everything. Fashion can affect confidence. Fashion affects how you play a game. You know, it's something that people truly believe in and put a lot of work in. It's art. At the end of the day, everything that I talk about here on this podcast is going to be art. It's all surrounding under one big term, and that's art. Fashion's art. Music's art. Sports, in my opinion, can be art as well. Um, but, yeah, let's get back to it. So the confit of the week for me, um, based on what I saw from the basketball coach, was uh, Jordan Clarkson. Um, everything that, you, that I'm going to be stating on the podcast um, – as regards to the confit of the week can be found on, on Instagram. Uh, for this Instagram, I went to League Fits. And in specific, uh, Jordan Clarkson's outfit stood out to me as the confit of the week. Uh, didn't try too hard, nothing too crazy. Um, he had on the uh, Travis Dunk uh, SBs. Uh, I love those sneakers. Those is fire, man. Uh, those are one of the that controversially could be this the reignition of the SB craze. Is Travis Scott releasing those? Uh, he'll be someone I discuss in a different podcast down the line. But that man is an influential figure um, nowadays, and he's affected fashion, uh, obviously music and the sports world in so many different ways, uh, as, long, as well as doing stuff for the community. Uh, but yeah, back to Clarkson's fit. He had the Travis Scott dunk lows on. It seems like a pair of like navy blue chinos on. Uh, seems like a he had like a sweater on, a, um, a striped sweater. Uh, it looks like a beige and uh, either a blue. I, I believe it's a navy blue uh, stripes on it uh, with a jean jacket on, real calm and a designer bag. Um, he had his keys with like a teddy bear on him, like I guess though. You know, attached to 
uh, loop of the pants. It was, it was pretty fire. You know, it's a, I, I think it was the calm fit of the week. I uh, wasn't trying too hard. He wasn't doing the Russell Westbrook. I'm a draft. I'm a dress like a, like a traffic stopper. Like you know, nothing like that. Uh, but really calm fit. And Donovan Mitchell said it best at one point. He thinks he is the league fits MVP of this year. Let's see what happens with that. Uh, but yeah, at the the way he coordinated with the outfit, uh, he did roll up the pants. Uh, to just show the socks. Uh, sneakers are tied. Uh, very nicely, you know, they're not loose, they're not too tight, it's confident, it's the little details that matter in the account, uh, seems like you got a nice watch on, a couple rings, you know, something calm, man, uh, this goes back to my uh, next point here, are the Nike SBs still the must-haves in 2021? As we know, the uh, SBs made their return, I think it was early 2020, uh, with the Travis Scott Dunk Lows. Uh, Travis Scott released those Dunk Lows, and everyone was on top of that. It was crazy, big release. I mean, Travis Scott's, every sneaker he's come out with sold out in minutes. Uh, he's come out with some 270s. Obviously, the Travis Scott uh, Air Jordan 1s. And that uh, amazing colorway, the uh, brown, the white, it just all goes together well. Uh, you got the highs, you got the lows, you got the sixes, you got the fours, the blue fours, the Cactus Jack fours. He's had a couple of other fours that I haven't released yet. Um, you got the purple Johns, you got a, uh, I think a brown pair that are probably just friends and family. But he's come out with um, some heat, and he's got a, a big following. Um, but, yeah, so RSB still the must-haves of 2021? I mean, last year was just a big year, and it seems like to start this year, it's still nearly impossible to get SBs for retail. The retail's so low at about $100. It's just easily accessible. Um, and everyone loves them for fashion right now, whether you're a skateboarder or not. People are vying to buy a, pair, buy a pair of SBs. It's just what's in trend right now. Uh, I think they're must-haves for now. But what I'm hearing with the rumors is Nike is releasing more pairs of them, making them more accessible, making it easier for more people to get them. So eventually, once that happens, you see less and less of a crowd because there's less of a resale market for it which ends up causing the sneaker to not be as popular or big. I definitely think the SBs are the must-haves for now because the colorways from last year were ridiculous. I mean, my favorite pair from last year is definitely those Chunky Dunkies, uh, which was named after the uh, Ben & Jerry's ice cream Chunky Monkey, if you guys didn't know. Uh, but the colorway is amazing with the cow prints, um, the colors used. It was just fire, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, with those, the Grateful Deads, you know, like, um, there's just been so many SBs that came out last year that were just fire. And you saw rappers and celebrities, people all over just having themselves uh, in a pair of SBs. Uh, they're not the most comfortable pair of sneakers. Uh, they're very classic, old-school feel to them. Um, but definitely heat on the feet as of right now.
Um, now, as regards to a sneaker or shoe drop that's coming up that I feel like is very under the radar, would have to be the ready-made Nike Blazer Mids that are coming out. And I think it's the end of February. Let me just double check for you guys. But these have, uh, once you see a picture of them, you'll see that they have a similarity definitely to um, the the Off-Whites. Uh, from Virgil, uh, the way they look, um, but they're coming out in like a white and a black, um, in my opinion, I've, I prefer the black colorway, um, let me just, uh, describe in specific how it looks, uh, so there's like an orange swoosh, the swoosh looks a little different though, uh, it's more deconstructed, deconstructed, uh, it's like a, it looks like a DIY kind of pair. Uh, it's got like uh, highlighter accents on it as well, as well as a recycled material used. Uh, Ready made was made by a Japanese designer by the name of Yuta uh, Hoka Hosokawa. I don't want to mispronounce his name, but it's spelled Y U T A H O S O K A. W A, um, you know he's been. It's one of the biggest brands in Asia right now, uh, and he pretty much deconstructed the blazer and recreated it, like he stated, without losing sights of its DNA. Um, just pretty much summing it up, he stated he's been playing basketball since third grade and. The first pair of sneakers he bought was Nikes, and he wanted to get the opportunity to customize zone and these are really fire man i i think like i've many of other uh sneaky youtubers have also pointed them out as well um how they look are are fire and i i think definitely think that these can be up early from one of the sneakers of the year uh when you guys get a chance definitely check a picture out um fire uh look forward to them very under the radar uh sneaker that's uh coming out Um, when it comes to what's coming up, when it comes to spring and summertime, you know, it's about that time where we put the coats away and you bring out the jean jackets, the, the, um, if you still rocking the bomber, pulling out the bomber, uh, you know, like. It's about time you throw them heavy coats. Uh, well, this is part two to the first episode of Here and Out. I apologize as the uh, time limit was 60 minutes and I apparently am going a little over that. But uh, I didn't want to make the first episode too long for you guys. Um, just to point everything else out pretty briefly. Uh, fashion trends to look out for for spring to summer of 2021. Like I stated, it's time for the denim jackets, the bomber jackets come back out. Uh, be on the lookout for a lot of old school sports team clothing. 
see a lot of people rocking maybe an old school Kentucky jersey if they find one old school. Uh, Louisville bomber jacket, uh, coach's jacket, you know, like stuff like that, I think will be in trends. As like I was stated previously with the color brim, I feel like that will be in trend for a while as well. Those some shorts, uh, throwback to you, whether it be old school, anything from that says 90s on it or anything below probably any year before probably 2015 is going to be considered vintage at this point. So a lot you're going to see a lot of vintage gear for the summer. Uh, very uh, loose tees, uh, loose shorts. You might not. Nobody better pull out the John Cena shorts. All I know, man. I feel like every year shorts have been getting smaller and smaller in, in length. You know what I'm saying? Like. Back then, like, as kids, I feel like our shorts was, like, either up to the knee or, like, right above it. Now, like, you got shorts that are riding up to the thigh, and it's kind of crazy. And, you know, I don't know where, where this is going to be ending at this point. Um, but, hey, I guess if it works for you, it works for you, you know. And that ain't my trend. Um... But that's just definitely some things to look out. Obviously, uh, I think Yeezy slides are going to be something that a lot of people are pulling out. Uh, Crocs, obviously, uh, those are still in trend. And I feel like people are still going to be rocking them during the summertime. Uh, watch out for the old school Air Maxes, Air Max 1s, Air Max 90s, Air Max 97s. I definitely think those are going to be some sneakers that people pull out this year. Uh, obviously, along, uh, along with the SBs that I stated previously, I think those are definitely um, some things to look out for for spring, summertime of 2021. We'll discuss it even further as time goes along. Um, last thing I really wanted to talk about, um, or just quick sum up of things, is the uh, Yeezy. Uh, Kanye has new pair of Yeezys, a new model coming out uh, in the beginning of March, I believe. Let me see if I find the exact. Yes, the Yeezy 450, which pretty much has got like white stripes going up on the sneaker. It looks almost like a sock. It don't look bad. I mean, it's just an odd looking sneaker, in my opinion. Uh, they're supposed to be coming out. Um, very intriguing looking sneaker. I believe they're supposed to be coming out March 6th. Um, interesting. I, I don't know if I wear them or not. Uh, maybe with the right fit. You know, uh, but I would want to see how they look on feet. Um, as a lot of people know now, Kanye is um, getting a divorce with uh, Kim Kardashian. Uh, I don't know who did it to who first, but they are getting a divorce, um, which has led people to question if we're getting another 808s and heartbreaks. Uh, during the uh, infamous game night at my house, uh, that was a topic of conversation as my girlfriend's uh, cousin, big Kanye fan, uh, loves Kanye, seems like he thinks he is one of the greatest artists of all time, and I, I can definitely agree with that point. Um, very controversial figure, but you can't doubt the talent the guy has. Um, 
people asking if we're getting another 808 to Heartbreak. I think 808 to Heartbreak is just one of those most iconic albums to come out, one of the biggest hip-hop albums to come out when it did. And even though I think it changed how even hip-hop is looked upon, uh, but I don't think we're getting another 808 to Heartbreak. Um, who knows where Kanye's music is going for at the uh, at this time. Um uh, 808s and Heartbreak came out in 2008. Um, I, I don't know how I feel about the idea that uh, you we try to pressure these artists into bringing on that same flame they had from one album in specific. A lot of people say that about Bryson Tiller. Uh, in his album, Trap Soul, a lot of people were like, where's Trap Soul, Bryson Tiller? Or uh, they, they say the same thing uh, for Drake as well. Um, he's had a couple albums where people where's the take care drake where's the nothing was the same drake you know uh, so it happens all the time for artists they they tend to we live into how well their old projects worked and we anticipate that from them every single time but they were all in a different state of mind at that point different perspective you know they were going through some heartbreaks and um, whatever they were going through, maybe situations with family, we don't know, money problems, it changes, you know, um, so I, I don't think we should, uh, try to judge artists by their past works and state, oh yeah, we need to bring their past works best, uh, back in order for them to be as good as the artists as we think they are, regardless, they are still talented artists, um, in my opinion. Uh, speaking of artists as well, last topic I wanted to get into before the closing statement of this podcast is, uh, is mumble rap a thing of the past and are the artists from that pivotal time not getting as much clout as they were? Um, so I do think that the mumble rap era has ended, um, Mumble rap was a trend, and I think hip-hop and rap, with how fast music comes out nowadays, is a trend. Uh, We're going to see trends in hip-hop and rap uh, throughout the years to come. It's not just old-school, lyrical basis that determines how good of a hip-hop song is nowadays. A lot of people like to judge it for the beat and how it flows Versus what's actually being said. Uh, Now, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of artists that are able to switch it up and are are so far have lasted through it. Um, For example, obviously Lil Uzi, who was one of the big beginners or big starters of that movement. Um, he, he's still lasting now. I mean, he does make some questionable decisions as regards to putting a stone in his head. Um, but he's still one of the most relevant artists in today's hip-hop world. But the man has changed his flow over time. He has different flows he can go to. And Uzi does have some bars. Like he, It's not like everything he's that he's spitting on his rap is bullcrap and has no lyrical genius to it. I think Uzi does have it to an extent. Uh, same thing with Yachty. Yachty, very 
uh, underrated who has multiple flows when it comes to um, his music. Um, you can see him rap fast, rap slow, sing, you know, he, he does all, he can do a chorus, he can go crazy, um, on a song, you know, like Maze in 97, you know, you can get that Yachty, you can get, uh, Oprah's bank account Yachty, or you can get Minnesota Yachty, um, um, you know, there's so many different flows for this guy, um, and, you know, he, he's probably... I don't know if Yachty is as big as he was this one point. Um, I think the fame on him did get a little lowered. Uh, Playboy Cardi, he's made a questionable album for how big that album was supposed to be. A whole lot of red. Um, it was very different. I feel a lot of people, it's it's grown into them. They've listened to the album multiple times. And enjoy it now, but it still reminds me of more of a grunge, more of i I'm trying to be in the middle of a circle and start punching people in the middle of a circle and just hear his, and not even hear what he's really saying, um, so I don't know, I don't know what's going on with Cardi, I don't know if this is who he is, if he's playing a character, but it wasn't as wild as it is right now. Don't get me wrong, that's, that album did have a couple bangers, uh, Go to the Moon, Slayer, uh, Vamp Anthem, you know, we can go Metamorphosis, you know, there's, there's a couple songs on there, I think, in my opinion, that are, are not too bad, but, you know, the album as a whole was different, and I don't think what people anticipated from Cardi before, with all the previews and leaks that he had, so I'm not too sure people anticipated that from Cardi. But there are artists down the line that I am forgetting about that I just feel like don't have as much popularity. Like Lil Pump, obviously, like that that's another man that just he's a trend that was there for a second, then died out real fast. Uh no offense to ski mask, but I feel like the same thing for him. Famous Dex. You know, there's guys like this that just, you know, are they they're they're there with the trends, but they don't last that much longer after that. Um, and and the music, uh, when it comes to music, you got to be able to adapt. Um, and it it works so well for Jay Z. It's worked so well for Drake, uh, for J Cole. You know, Kendrick Lamar. You can say it about plenty of other artists that were just able to switch up their flows as years have went past. They've kept them relevant as years have went past. Um, but. You know, like like fashion trends, uh, with music trends, artists are gonna be in and be out real fast. You know, just because it's so much readily available. New music's coming out every day, every Friday. People go to their Spotify and their Apple Music to look for that new album or new song that came out or that new remix. You know, music is ever changing and it's changing more than it's ever changed. Uh, we have to be lucky and happy to be in a position we're at where we're able to listen to music like that on the fly. Back then, I remember as a kid, I used to make CDs, put them in a CD player. Like, I literally used to listen to songs on a CD. I used to go on MindMire, you know, like as a kid, or MP3 Rocket, download a song, Put it on a CD, put it in my CD player, play about 10, 12 tracks of my favorite tracks, use the bump. 
And I used to love that as a kid, man. And now it's like, you know, you got access to thousands upon thousands of songs that you can listen to that are in your library. You got different playlists, uh, different albums that you can listen to. You can listen to an album literally once it's released, every song with the, the subscription to any one of these uh, music streaming platforms. It's just, it's just crazy, man. Very crazy. Uh, but that's it for episode one of the Hear Him Out podcast. I appreciate you guys tuning in, uh, listening to what I have to say. Again, it's a blessing to be in this position and be able to create content that I really enjoy and I hope you guys end up enjoying as well. Um, in a closing statement, I just want to state um, I'm all about positivity. Be happy you woke up this morning. Good things come to those who wait. At the end of the day, you know, you, you got to wake up with the mentality. You got a dream that you want to go catch. You want a dream that you want to go make true. Like, go for it. Don't just give up. Like, this is something I've been wanting to do for a long time. And I'm lucky enough, my dream is something that I could create on my own. Like, I'm not really too into the numbers. I'm not really into getting, if it happens, it happens type of thing. But this is something I'm passionate about and I enjoy doing. And I will improve as episodes go on, um, as my editing skills go on. I know this isn't going to be perfect, but I'm glad you guys are able to start this journey with me. And I hope you enjoy listening to it. Uh, Plenty of episodes to be coming soon. Again, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your Sundays. And uh, always hear him out.